Welcome to the Work Redefined Podcast, where we believe your employees are your company's most valuable asset. My name is Grace Lang, and I am your host. We are all navigating uncharted waters and need to bridge the generational gap. For the first time in history, there are now five generations in the workforce who all view the world differently. Join us as we learn the best ways to keep your employees engaged and explore the new world of work with our nation's best leaders. Our motto is better work, better world. Now our podcast can only run with your support. So if you want to continue to hear our great stories from leaders all over the US, please support us. Today we are joined by Matt Skoy. Matt is a learning and development manager at Eldevron. Matt received a business administration degree from North Dakota State University, a master's degree in education administration from Iowa State University, and recently completed his PhD in organizational effectiveness from NDSU. As a lifelong learner, Matt is passionate about providing value to others through intentional learning and development. Hi, everyone. I am so excited today because we are joined by Matt Skoy from Aldevron in Fargo, North Dakota. And I'm just super pumped because he has such a good background, whether and he's just got a PhD in organizational effectiveness. He is going to bring so many great things to this conversation. So let's just jump right in. So Matt, if you could just tell us a little bit more about yourself and where you work, what you do, and your passions, and how you got where you are. Yeah, absolutely, Grace. Well, first off, thanks for allowing me to be here today. I uh, feel extremely grateful that you've invited me to this podcast. And, uh, you know, the the pathway to uh, learning and development and the road to the, the road that I took to get here is, it's somewhat, it's not very typical. So if you, maybe if you talk to some other talent developer, developers uh, in the, in the past, uh, they might've had X, Y, Z route, uh, but mine's somewhat unique because I went through higher education. So just a little background uh, about that experience. I, I graduated from North Dakota State University with a, a business degree and a concentration in human resource management. I was dead set to go join corporate America and change the world. That's what I was going to do. And as I was going to college and, and as I was trying to find myself, you know, in college, you really, there's a lot of self-discovery that happens. And I was, I was playing football for North Dakota State University at the time, and I had a career-ending injury. And then I had all this, oh, do I even want to continue with college? And I decided to continue with college. I ended up uh, getting a job offer to go work in Hugo, Minnesota as a customer relations manager, a CRM. Uh, for uh, for a company out there, and I was pretty fired up, right? I mean, hey, here's a salary paying position; they're ready to hire me. And then I decided to to turn the corner a little bit and decided to go to grad school at Iowa State University in in higher education administration. So I moved down to Ames, Iowa. Said no, thank you to the job. Was very grateful. But I had to go pursue something else. So I went down to Ames, Iowa. I spent two years down there working in their athletic department with uh, 
with the college, with the football team, incoming freshman football players around academic success, which I loved. It was my assistantship. And then I, I finished up my degree in two years. And then at that time, I had gotten married to my wonderful, uh, wonderful wife, uh, Liz, and she got a job offer at North Dakota State University as a, an assistant professor in the College of Pharmacy. So I thought, wow, we're going to go back to Fargo. This is perfect. Her folks lived out in Western North Dakota. Mine lived in Wisconsin. It was kind of right in the middle. So we moved there and then I started my journey in higher education when I applied for the assistant director for service learning and civic engagement. So I spent a lot of time uh, with volunteer initiatives, working with faculty members to develop service learning curriculum, traveling across the country with students, even internationally with students for cultural exchange and, and service projects, loved that. <clears throat> and then after I had done that for several years, I started moving up the ladder in more administrative roles within higher education. And then it, I got to a point a couple of years ago where I thought, gosh, you know, I've been here for 11 years working at North Dakota State University. I love it. I love the students. I love just the development process all the way through and through. Uh, but I, I was kind of craving something different. I don't know if that's ever happened to you before where you, you come into that moment in life and you think, gosh, you know, what else do I need to be thinking about? What else do I need to be doing? And that happened to me. And I just so I was just walking out of the union, my office was, was in the Memorial Union. And I had uh, noticed the big, obviously, the big El Devron Tower that was being built in the center of campus at NDSU. And I thought, now El Devron, I wonder what El Devron's all about. Because I was somewhat thinking to myself, if I'm going to make the shift and make the change and leave higher education for the private sector, what would that look like and what would be the company? And I wanted to do something that, something, I'll call it a kind of a rocket ship, if you will, but something that was fast moving, fueled, something that was changing the world, something that spoke to me. And I thought, ah, oh, what, what would that be? And when I saw the Aldebaran Tower, I dug a little deeper, went on the website, learned about their mission, how they were changing the world, how they were serving clients worldwide. And I thought, wow, this looks like an unbelievable organization. So they just so happen to have a learning and development manager position open. So I thought, you know what, I haven't spent any time formally in HR. Uh, I, I, I have a degree in business. Uh, you know, I spent most of my time, you know, developing learning curriculum. I, I can certainly do that and assess learning and evaluate at program effectiveness, all that we can, I can do all that, but it has a higher education uh, kind of that lens to it, right? So I wonder if I'll even be welcomed in the world of the private sector. So I decided to apply. And as I went through the process, the interview process, I learned a lot about myself, but then I learned more about Aldebaran. And as I learned about Aldebaran, the people, uh, I, I learned about the vision, the empowerment, and, and everything in between, I was, I was drawn even that much more. And uh, when, when the offer came, I was just so excited and thrilled, accepted the offer, and it will be two years in January that I've been at Eldebron as the learning and development manager. And, it, you know, a lot of people say, hey, Matt, do you miss higher ed? Yeah, you know, what, what's that look like for you? And the answer is absolutely, you know, but there's plenty of opportunities to partner with higher education, uh, with our NDSU colleagues. There's, there's, there's plenty of opportunities for things like that. And right now in this season in my life, this is an unbelievable, incredible opportunity, and I'm doing what I love. So I haven't looked back, and I just look forward, and it's it's been an awesome ride so far. Sorry, that, Grace, I don't even know if I was, I kind of just all of a sudden. No, felt, that was beautiful. I was going to say, that's such an amazing story, and you've really done so much 
but it's all so relevant to what you're doing right now. And I, I love what you had to say. And you talked about how you wanted you, when you saw that Aldebaran tower at mm. NDSU that they were building and you thought, you know, you, you wanted to find something where you could find value in, in a job where you could feel like you're changing the world. And I think that's a really good point because young people, especially who you're working with at NDSU, um, like we all want to find a job that we find value in. And I think that's something new because it just used to be a job that pays good money, but now we all want to feel like our work means something. So I guess my question for you is how did your work in higher education and everything you did, how, like, what did that teach you about the world of culture and the workforce and how things are changing? Yeah. You know, I, I, I've always had the mindset that if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to show up, I'm going to show up at 150 to 200%, right? I'm going to do everything I have uh, and give everything I got because it, it, in my, my, my perspective is that we have one go around on this big blue marble, right? In this physical world. And, and I want to enjoy it. And I want to lean in each and every day. Uh, so working in higher education, when I had a chance to work with students, I saw that, you know, I saw that, that, that passion, that heart. I also saw some shifts, right? As I was in higher education, we were going to we were coming off the millennial era into the Generation Z uh, focus. If you look at generational differences, and now as we, you know, right now the workforce is is I think it's the majority is millennial uh, workers at this point. But Generation Z is obviously up and coming too, and those are our college graduates. And the the research as I dug into that, I saw that Generation Z they really cared about the cause, right? They really cared. They wanted momentum and energy behind what they did. They didn't want to show up each and every day and punch a card. Instead, they wanted to be doing something that's mission-driven, vision. It was aligned with what they wanted to be, be doing in order to change the world. And, and, I, and I noticed that with the students. So when I got to Eldevron, I, I, I had an opportunity to begin to to work with orientation and to start the onboarding process. And I worked with an unbelievable colleague and Dr. Sarah Gretterman, who's here uh, and her and I work uh, hand in hand with our learning and development team. And she oversees the onboarding process and orientation. So I had a chance to, to work with, with that process and, and meet these new individuals that were joining our, our Eldevron family. And it was amazing to see some of them are right out of college. Some had, uh, I mean, they were just beginning their careers and you could see that twinkle in their eye and even hear from them when they were searching for that meaning and they wanted to they wanted to give back and make the the community a better place and i guess when it comes to culture it's interesting when you think about just even the generational differences right between the workforce and in this in this generation that's joining the workforce today uh in, in large numbers coming right out of college and it's it's inspiring it's it's incredible but you and i we all know that a culture is created by the people within it right so if if you if you do if you do an awesome job hiring the the, the right talent uh, to, to make your organization even that much better, that's going to be directly related uh, to the culture that you're creating as well. And and here at Eldevron, I see that that happens on a, on a daily, uh, every other week we bring in a new orientation class. And I just see the momentum and the empowerment of these individuals coming to the workforce here at Eldevron and really contributing at a high level and providing value and contrib contributing to that culture piece. So uh, yeah, so I, it's obviously the people that are making that culture. Grace, does that help? Does that answer some of your question? I don't know if I hit all of it. Yes, definitely. That was, yeah, that answered it. 
I had a question for you, Matt, as you were talking, one of the phrases that you said was navigating the shift, Mm. which I really thought was this cool phrasing. Um, And I'm thinking what it made me start thinking about is, so you're onboarding all these new people, you're growing at a rapid rate. One of the things that Grace and I visit with leaders about is this concept of what happens after day 91. Mm-hmm. Meaning you get these people, they're so excited, they're engaged, they're learning, they're working with you to help them learn and grow. But after the, those first 90 days, which is typically your honeymoon phase, how are you working to keep your employees excited and engaged about what they're doing? And now you could speak to this from a broad perspective, but then if you even wanted to narrow it down to different age demographics too, or different generational demographics, we're just really curious to hear how are you keeping people engaged after day 91? Yeah, Kelsey, thanks so much for asking. Uh, You know, once upon a time early in my career, you know, before I was even at Aldebaran, I thought that the answer to that question was to develop a new training, a new experience, provide that for the learner, the user, the, the employee, the associate, and, and really allow them to experience that and grow as a result, and then go back and develop another training and make sure that you, you provide that in quarter number two and then quarter number three. And I think that's fantastic. But what I've realized during the, the course of the time that I've been here is that that's an important practice, is to, to make sure that you have development experiences prepared and ready to go for your employees. Uh, but more important than that is to, to allow your leaders to lead, to allow your managers and supervisors to lead at the level that they can, to your directors and your VPs and your senior executive team to lead and to model that way. And that, to me, is how you keep individuals engaged. And we see that on a regular basis here at Eldevron, is that as we continue to empower and elevate our leaders to be the best versions of themselves, it is a ripple effect across the organization. And everyone becomes, really begins to experience what it means to lead at all levels of the organization. So uh, I'm not trying to answer the, it's a great question, Kelsey, but I think really simply put is from... uh, from my perspective, it's really about empowering that leader to lead and then getting out of the way and allowing them to do their magic. And, you know, and obviously being there, provide resources along the way too. Uh, but that is, that is from my experience when I used to think that the training and providing that experience was going to fix or create what we needed to create. But I really, over the years, have found that empowering leaders to lead is so important and critical. Great question. I think that's such a great point. It just, you said, empowering leaders to lead and then get out of the way. Mm. Because when you're, when you're trying to, uh, it's almost like micromanaging, right? Because you're trying to be, you want to be helpful, but you're not letting them use their strengths to be the best leader they can be. So I think that's a great point to just help them. You're there as like, uh, to not hold their hand, to be just stand by them and not, um, step in the way. So I love that. So, okay, Matt, so you were talking about how you're having, um, you're, you're doing onboarding and stuff, but as you might know right now, right now, it's right now is known as the great resignation, right? I'm sure you've heard of that before, heard of that. People are struggling to find people and people are leaving their jobs just due to, um, everything that's going on in the world right now. So I'm curious to know what you think, and we already talked about young people and your passion for that. So 
what do you think is the best way to recruit or and retain young people? Yeah, I, great question, Grace. And uh, what I've, you know, I work, I work with our talent acquisition team here at Aldebaran. They do an unbelievable job bringing in incredible talent. And what I see, and this is just my my perspective and observation, is that it's it's so important to just remember who you are, uh, remember your roots and where you've come from, remembering the fact that. Uh, the organization obviously was was founded by two individuals that were NDSU students, uh, and I believe it was 1998 when when this conversation started around El Devron. So understand those roots, but then also having a, a an unbelievable path toward the future. In our senior executive team right now, that the ones that are leading leading the charge and, and navigating the the waters are doing an incredible job as we continue to to grow and develop as an organization. So I, I think that for, you know, for organizations that look at, hey, how are we going to recruit and retain unbelievable talent? You've got to know where you've come from and you've got to know where you're going. And as a result, in, people will feel as if they're part of they're part of the movement. And you want all employees, whether you have 30 employees or 3000 employees to feel part of that movement as you continue to go together and move that mountain in front of you. Great question. I love that. <laughs> I love that. No, I love how you said you want people to feel like they're part of the movement. But can you dive a little bit more into that? What? How do you make people feel like that? Ah, great question. We have a we have an orientation where we, uh, as new employees come in to our organization, they go through an orientation process and they, they learn so much about our organization, our mission, our vision, our values. And, and we take time to go through the nuts and the bolts uh, of our organization for each and every employee that comes through our doors. And it's so important because they are a part of our family and we want them to feel equipped with the tools and the resources to be successful. So when it comes to really ensuring that individuals have a, an unbelievable onboarding experience, we wanna make sure that we provide that as soon as they, they come to us. Good question. Just to dovetail off of the conversations we've been having, what do you think? Um, what What do you think makes people stay at Devron? Uh, uh, I can't even talk right now. El Devron. Sorry about that. Um, what do you think makes people want to stay there? Because it sounds like again, you you have a great vision. You get them on board. What is the biggest thing that you're doing to maybe keep them engaged if they've been there longer? Yeah. So uh, you know, we were recently acquired. Um, and I think you probably saw that or heard about that, but we were recently acquired by an organ uh, Danaher, the organization Danaher, and it's been an it's been an unbelievable journey as far as being acquired. I had never been a part of an organization like I'd said before. I'd worked in higher education, and the the Danaher individuals that we've had a chance to connect with over the last several months have been outstanding. And as I continue to learn more about what Danaher offers, all of their operating companies and El Devron's an operating company is they are, they are truly invested in their associates. 
And when I say associates, I mean employees uh, across all operating companies. They are truly invested. And I've learned a lot about opportunities for career growth and development. And I know that our associates here at Aldebaran, are, they're fired up about that. If they can be in an organization that believes in them, that wants to invest in them, that sees their potential and sees them moving and being promoted along the way, uh, who wouldn't want to be in, with an organization like that, right? So it's, it's really neat to... To, to see that, to experience that, and to know that, that Danaher believes full heartedly in the development of each and every associate. And that obviously that stems from our senior executive team at El, specific to Aldevron as well. Uh, and, and that's exciting, Kelsey. And I think that when you are, you know, when you're job hunting and you're looking around and trying to figure out, hey, what organization, where should I apply? And you spend that time to be very intentional you should always be looking for an organization that obviously knows where they're going, but that one that's that's ready and willing to invest in their their associates or their employees, and that is that's huge. So I, I would say that's a that's that's something that keeps people here. Uh, that the organization is ready to invest in them, and not a year from now, but today, and and, and I think that says a lot. So Matt, when you say that leaders are truly invested in your employees and they care about them. Um, that can be taken a lot of different ways. Like what, in what ways do you invest in your employees or in what ways do leaders show that like practically? And do you have some tips that, what are you guys doing that oh, yeah. people aren't doing? <laughs> yeah. You know, when you start thinking about even let's take it just from a, a learning and development perspective. Uh, so around uh, talent development and developing our talent, uh, since January, uh, since January of 2021, uh, I was just, we were, Sarah and I were just having a conversation about talent development and, and some of the workshops and customized programs and experiences that, that we've offered to associates. And it's been almost 50 customized programs with over 950 individuals who have participated. Now, obviously, people have overlapped. There might be some doubles in there, you know, if they've attended a couple different workshops or trainings or experiences. But that just kind of goes to show you that people are hungry for it and people really want to dig in and they want to own their experience and their learning uh, and their, in their development. But at the same time, you have to have the opportunities in place as well. Uh, so by having uh, uh, an opportunity for individuals at the kind of the, the, from LinkedIn learning to the Henry Stewart group talks, where we have online platforms for learning to customize programs to foundational manager, supervisor, director experiences and above. All of those things really sets a nice platform to truly show associates just the investment uh, in them as individuals here at Aldebaran. So that's just an example on the on kind of the talent development side of the house. Great question. So Matt, I know we've talked about this before that one day you and I, we're going to do a training together. I don't know what it's going to be, but we're going to do, we're going to do something together. But I want to know, because you've, you've told me in the past at coffee meetings, different various topics that you love to train on. What is your number one favorite professional development topic that you can think of um, that you love sharing the most? Oh, good. Or, or, or if, or if you could talk on any topic in the world, what would it be? I should maybe ask it like that. So can I answer more than one? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. there's a couple, there's a couple that come to mind. I, uh, one in particular, I, I really, there's, there's a workshop that I, 
that I've done in the past called it's gratitude, you know, really appreciating the people around the circle in your circle and, and showing that love and gratitude. And, and that's an important one that I, I just love facilitating. Uh, another one I, I really enjoy is I, I call it own it. So really owning your environment and showing up and, and delivering it at a high level and, and, and taking responsibility for your own learning. You know, obviously there's always going to be resources in front of you, but you have to own that experience. So really appreciate that. I, I love to d- dig into a little Gallup Strengths Finder too. That's, that's a lot of fun too. But uh, I, I think that at the end of the day, if the, if the slate is completely wiped clean, so we have a couple of meetings with some directors next week to talk a little bit about their teams in order to customize some experiences. That's what I really love. I love to go to the whiteboard and listen and hear what people are saying and begin to jot down different ideas and then formulate a plan, customize and experience it, and then deliver it to ensure that that, that internal client is getting exactly what they want and how they want it. So yeah, I, I, I like that too. I probably like that more than anything is just to be able to customize it to ensure that, they, that the individual is getting what they need. Good question. Awesome. That was great. Well, Matt, I, I have loved everything you had to say. You have such a great insight on just work in general and just this different generations we have going on and your experience working in um, higher education, I think has been such a cool, I just love that because I have a passion for working with students as well. And I, I actually am a student myself, so I have this different perspective on everything you're talking about. But I guess one question I always ask people, and I'm just interested to know this, um, what if, when, if you would think back to when you were in college or maybe even when you were working um, with college students, what, what's one piece of advice you wish you would have had uh, now that you, didn't, that you didn't know then, if that makes sense? Or yeah. what's one piece of advice you would you know what you know what I mean. <laughs> I do. I do. I know exactly. Uh, it's kind of like that question of what if you could go back in time and tell your 18-year-old self something, yeah. what would you say, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I go back to that it's it's okay not to know. You don't need to know. I bet if I were to ask you maybe four or five months ago if you two would be sitting here with me right now on this podcast, you'd probably say, eh, I, what are you talking about? And maybe you already knew it was all coming together, but it's okay not to know. So when you're in college and, and you're a first year student and you're walking through the, 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 the streets on Albrook Avenue and you're trying to figure it out at NDSU and it's okay not to know. And when you're a senior and you're getting ready to make one of the greatest transitions of your life from college to career, it's okay not to know. It's okay to know that this won't be your forever. Uh, what we're seeing more and more from our from this generation is, you know, people moving a little bit more frequently between jobs, right? So it's not this loyal, I'm going to, I'm going to work here for 30 years or 40 years and retire, right? Things change and they shift. And, and I would just let myself know that I think when I was in college and I was a senior in college and I was a business major and, you know, I had that job offer in Hugo and I thought, oh my gosh, I have to make a decision because it's time that I stop the, or stamp the concrete now that this is what I'm going to do. Well, that's not always the case. Things can change. I never knew I'd be here. I have no idea what 10 years is going to look like from now either. So I think that's the beauty of it. So yeah, that's what I would share. It's okay not to know. 
Well, spinning off of uh, asking for additional advice, Matt, I know that one of the things I remember um, when you and I first met, it might have even been the very first meeting, but you pulled up your calendar mm. and there was not a single free space. There was meeting, 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 and you are such, such a high performer. You're such a busy guy. Um, how amidst all the chaos of the meetings, the tasks, we talk a lot about burnout. And so how do you keep yourself sane? How do you remember to take care of yourself amidst all of the, the chaos and still be a high performer? Great question. <clears throat> At the end of the day, and we all know this, that you are numero uno. You are number one. If you don't take care of yourself, you know, physically, mentally, then your foundation begins to crack. It loosens, it falls apart. And then you may even question, ah, why am I feeling stressed out right now? And you have to go back and just realize that in that moment, maybe you haven't taken care of the foundation because the world has a way to suck you in and not allow you to have the time that you need to invest in yourself. You've all felt that. I'm sure both of you in this journey as well. But those are the moments and those are the moments you have got to, you've got to lean in even further and say, hey, I am going to own this experience. And right now I need to walk away. I need to take a deep breath. I need to go to bed at 830. I need to take my kids to practice and just suck it all in. I need to get off my phone. I need to just get away, right? You own that experience. And, and I think that over the course of my career and, and throughout time, I'm pretty good at making up excuses. I'm pretty good at throwing a pity party, becoming the victim. I can do that just like anyone else. But at the end of the day, it is about you and the choices that you make or don't make. And if we lose sight of that foundation in our physical, in our mental well-being, then it will have drastic impacts on us as we continue to try to change the world. So for me, Kelsey, it's about taking a step back not getting overly excited about certain things because tomorrow the sun will come up and a new day will begin. And I have to keep that at the forefront. If I don't, I will be overwhelmed and running around like a cat chasing its tail or a dog chasing its tail, whatever the case may be. But I need to keep that at the forefront and keep really it in perspective that once again, going back to that whole concept is that we have one go around on this big blue marble. So keep it in perspective and enjoying the time that we have here. Let's do it, but make sure your foundation's strong. That's what I would say. Uh, Matt, that was so good. That was so good. I When you said tomorrow, the sun will come up and a new day will begin. And that's what you just have to keep in mind. I think that's so important, and especially for other leaders. We are all busy and everyone's busy. So it's just remembering to take a step back when things get so overwhelming, like you were saying. And the world, the sun will come up tomorrow. Yeah. Know? And it absolutely. Did, will begin. So I love that. That was so great. And I guess kind of to wrap up and on the talk of leaders and what we need to do and how to be the best leader, Matt, what does leadership mean to you? You know, that's a great question. I, <clears throat> once upon a time, a mentor of mine gave a mentor of mentor of mine gave me a book in college. I was a junior, I think in college. And I was, 
I was leading a student organization and I was once again finding myself making a lot of excuses. And, and I wanted this individual to, to come in and do a leadership workshop for the student org. And he said, well, what do you want the topic to be? I said, I'd like it to be on leadership. Would you be willing to do that? And he said, you know, <laughs> what about leadership? And I said, well, what it means to lead. And he said, well, have you been leading? And I said, well, um, yeah. And he said, well, I don't know about that. That's not what I've been hearing. I said, wow, okay. And you know, he was right. He was right. I was going through the motions. I was becoming complacent. I was making every excuse in the book not to lead the way I, I, I knew I needed to. So he said, I'm not going to come in and lead your workshop. He said, but I would challenge you to lead your workshop and become vulnerable and share in that moment of, you know, maybe some of the different barriers that you're facing at this time. I thought, wow, okay. So I decided to do it. And I showed up the next morning to lead that workshop. And he was sitting there. He actually came to observe, which I could not believe. Uh, so it got pretty emotional. And there was, uh, he had recommended a book. And the book was Leadership from the Inside Out. Leadership from the Inside Out, written by Kevin Cashman. And, uh, and Cashman describes leadership as... Um, Authentic self-expression that creates value. Authentic self-expression that creates value. And when I think of leadership, I think of that. I think that we're all the, we are all the authors of our lives. We all have very different lives, different backgrounds, different experiences, but we are the author. We are contributing to this chapter and the chapters to come, and obviously the chapters that have come. And the, the, the unbelievable part is a part of that is that we can add our own flavor to it, our own unique experiences to that story as we continue to write our own story. And then finally, the authentic self-expression that creates value is that a leader provides value. It provides value to the circles, to the friends, to the colleagues, to the people, to the neighborhoods, to the strangers uh, in everything they do. At least they work toward that. Now, we all fall short at times, but that value component's huge. So when I think of a leader, I think of someone who is authentic, who feels comfortable within their own skin, who becomes comfortable with being uncomfortable, who is someone who can provide value, raise standards to the highest level, and deliver, and I always go back to that book and I think about that experience that I was really in that moment. I, I really didn't, it didn't feel good. That experience, uh, it was that vulnerability, but now looking back on it and I've looked back on it now for years, it's, it was one of the defining moments in my life because it stemmed, obviously it, it, it was, it, it, it really helped me see the bigger picture. And I talked about this before, but owning it. Uh, but then when Kevin Cashman came on and said the authentic leadership is authentic self-expression that creates value, I thought, okay, that makes sense. I get it. So that's what I would say leadership is. I kind of um, rambled on there for a minute, but that's what I would I, say. I thought what was so awesome about your story is it really ties a bow on this whole conversation because at the beginning you started off by talking about the importance of um, leaders letting people lead. Yep. And so your mentor in that situation, he 
let you lead. Yes, he did. And he got out of the way mm-hmm. and he, uh, he allowed me to fall, but he also allowed my peers to help pick me back up. And that was an unbelievable experience. Wow. I love that. <laughs> this was a perfect, that was a perfect, per, perfect circle, like Kelsey said. And I honestly, one of my favorite things that you said was just about that leaders just get out of the way and let, um, let them go because that's how you'll truly learn is by failing, like you kind of just mentioned, um, but also being there to pick them back up too. So yeah. that was amazing. But well, Matt, do you have any last thoughts for us? Uh, no, not. I would just say, hey, I just want to say one more time, thank you for the opportunity. The work that both you two uh, do is incredible. It's needed in this community. So thank you for that. Uh, thank you for allowing me the opportunity to come on and, and, and talk about something I'm very passionate about, leadership, and obviously Aldebaran, uh, where I have the, the wonderful privilege to work each and every day. Uh, but have, a, have an awesome day, and, and thank you so much again for, for your time and, and this space. Absolutely. When we really are so appreciative to have you on. And I guess I do have one last question. Yeah. Matt, how, how can we support you? Is there any way anyone listening or how can we um, support you in any way? Yeah, I, I think that we, we should all, you know, in the circles that we run in, right, when we develop people and, and talent and, uh, you know, Kelsey, to your point, it, it can get there. The calendars can be booked and, and time can continue to just, it can, it can be a stressor. So I, I would just encourage you, not necessarily to support me, but I would love to be a part of the equation, but to support each other, all of us in this circle, people who are listening to this, but reach out to a colleague, a friend, someone who's in this line of work and, and, and see how they're doing, buy them a cup of coffee, uh, and, and really just, just love on them, care about them, because it, it, can, be a, it can be a lot of work, and uh, you're, in the, you're in the business of changing the world and, and making people better. It can, it can take a lot of energy. So I would just in, encourage uh, all of us to, uh, to spend time with each other. It's important. Yes, absolutely. We all need a friend. Yes. Always. So yes, well, I know Kelsey and I are very appreciative and we're so excited and so thankful to have you on our podcast today. And thank you all for listening.